The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And I want to remind all of you the time is getting closer. The deadline's approaching for the nominations for 25 under 25. If you own a company that has fewer than 25 employees, if you do business with a company with fewer than 25 employees, get them some recognition. Nominate them for the 14th Annual 25 Under 25 Awards. The nominations close on October the 14th. You can go out to 25under25.com and nominate those companies. You're not limited to one, and you can self-nominate. I hear every year from companies that are disappointed because they didn't get nominated. You don't have to wait for somebody to do that for you. 25under25.com, that's where you'll find the nomination form. Get them in by October the 14th. Minimum qualifications, as I said, 25 employees or less. You also need to be doing business for at least three years as a for-profit in Kansas City. We'll send out the applications. There's a lot more information you need to provide on that, but to get nominated, that's the basic criteria. 25 under 25.com by October the 14th. Our guest today is Walter George. He's the founder and president of G3 Consulting LLC, which is a boutique advisory firm that specializes in value creation in small and mid-market consumer products companies. He's an investor shareholder and a corporate director of Old World Spice and Seasoning Company. He's also served as president of the American Italian Pasta Company and Corporate Vice President of Raw Corp Holdings from 2010 until its sale to ConAgra Foods in 2013. He previously held the position of Chief Operating Officer at American Italian Pasta Company and from 1987 through 2001, he held a number of senior operating positions with Hills Pet Nutrition. We're going to be talking with Walter about his advice that he would give to all of you small and mid-sized business owners uh, based on the experiences he's had and his work with small to mid-sized businesses as an advisor. We'll be right back. Looking to establish your brand as an industry leader? Want to deliver helpful, relevant content to your niche audience? Look no further. Our staff at Custom Publishing can produce branded newsletters, magazines, podcasts, and so much more. We'll take you from concept to distribution or assist you with any stage in between. Writing, editing, design, audio production, voiceovers, digital, print. If you have a communication need, we have a solution. Call 913-831-8100. Call us today and discuss the possibilities. That's 913-831-8100 for all your custom publishing needs. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today, as I said, is Walter George, the founder and president of G3 Consulting. Welcome to the show today. Thank you. Great to have you here. You're an advisor to a lot of companies. Of course, our audience is made up of small to mid-sized business owners who could probably learn a lot from your experience at some of the large corporations that you've worked for and now as an advisor. Um, when you go in to work with a business that is smaller. What's one of the first things that you do when, when you sit down with the business owner? 
Well, I like to immerse myself in, in the business as much as I can in terms of understanding what Typically, these are either family-owned businesses or, or, or partnerships or, or entrepreneurs, sole entrepreneurs, and really understanding what they want to get out of the business long term. Um, in many cases, they are working towards a liquidity event mm-hmm. uh, of some type, and so that, that needs to shape their strategy. Uh, in some cases, uh, they want to position the business so that a family member can take it over and continue to run it, uh, you know, almost as an annuity for the family. That's a different kind of strategy. Mm -hmm. So um, for the most part, I work to try to create the kind of value that that the owner or the family is looking for. If it's a a liquidity event three to five years down the road, we'll look at how do we get their balance sheet right uh, for that kind of event, Uh, what kind of growth trajectory can we get in the business so that we can maximize a multiple of some type uh, Mm -hmm. for them. Um, So understanding their financials, understanding their business strategy, understanding the category that they're in. But at the end of the day, the decisions aren't mine. I I help them reach uh, their own understanding because at the end of the day, they have to execute. Right. Right. Now, when you approach a business or when they, they, you work with a business, what stage are they usually in? I take it they're pretty far along in their business at this point. They're established, they're mature, and, and they truly are at a stage where they're looking for uh, some sort of an exit strategy then. They're further along. Yeah, they're either, they're either ready or, uh, in, in some cases, they've plateaued. Mm. And they know that there's more value to, to be created, and they just don't know how to unleash that. Sure. And so they're they're kind of in a second stage, if you will. If if their business is a three play act, they're they're at the end of the second act and they're trying to figure out how do they get the most out of the third. Okay. When when you talk about business exit strategies, uh I, I hear people all the time, of course we publish a lot of content and, and people advisors will say, uh you need to start thinking about your exit strategy the minute you open your doors. Well, that's the furthest thing from most business owners' minds, most entrepreneurs' minds. They're just worried about getting the customers in the door and, you know, maybe focusing on their first employee. Is that practical advice? Absolutely. Um, And you need to do it for two reasons. One is you hope that you're going to create value for yourself. Or if uh, an issue occurs, you want to cut your losses very quickly. And not understanding mm-hmm. what your exit is, I, w- I heard a story um, several several years ago of a of a young entrepreneur who was in college and wanted to become a day trader. Ended up having a hedge fund, but he convinced his mother to mortgage the house, oh, and in about four hours, he managed to lose all the money, and uh, went to a, a neighbor who convinced the bank to not foreclose on the house, but. But what he said, the learning that he had, and now he's a very successful hedge fund operator, is you never make an investment without understanding your exit first. True. Yeah. No, that that is great advice, but I, I know a lot of people who just, they can't, they, they, they are so excited about their idea, so excited about getting it to market that that's all they're focused on. And, right. Uh, you know, the rest of it will just play out, I guess, is, is the strategy. Uh Good or bad. Now, a lot of we've just come off of an economy that's been kind of topsy turvy to say the least, and some people would argue that we're still there. Uh, what do you say to business owners who are trying to run on a shoestring budget 
And I call them the walking wounded. You know, the ones that didn't go out of business, uh, they're gone. Uh, They've been killed, but there's still a lot of walking wounded small business owners out there. They get up, they can still turn on the lights, but they're barely ambulatory. I mean, (laughs) so what what do you say to that kind of a strategy? Is it a strategy just to keep going on and on on a shoestring budget like that? Yeah, I think it depends on the individual. Some are very content uh, because for them it's just a question of getting up in the morning and coming and and running their business. Um, That's not the kind of client that I'm good Mm -hmm. with. Uh, you know, I've, I've been accused in my career of being a serial entrepreneur, and I, I tend to feed that uh, feed on that in, in others. And if there's not a way for your business to grow, I'm not sure why you would want to stay in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's just a lifestyle business. You've created a job for yourself, basically, exactly. is what's happened. Exactly. Um, you say you're a serial entrepreneur. Uh, absolutely you are. How do you uh, decide what to go to next, or do you... Uh, are you serial in the sense that uh, it's it's one company and then another company, or do you have several going on at the same time? And how do you make those decisions to move to the next thing or to keep many going at once? Well, it's a it's a great thing about the business that I'm in, and it's it's part of the my business model. As I go in and I look at and uh, the businesses and help and advise the the owners. Uh, there are times when they'll allow me to come in and make an investment in the business. So I get to participate in their entrepreneurial uh, endeavors without having to put all my time into right. it. So right now I've, I've got investments in three different businesses. Okay. And uh, uh, the Old World Spice and Seasoning mm-hmm. is, a, is a good example. It's been a, a mainstay of Kansas City for many years. People don't know much about it. Um, you know, it's a it's a niche business. They're, they they mix and blend uh, dry seasonings, spices. You know, we are the barbecue company here in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. You go into any of the grocery stores and you see kind of these crazy labels, yeah, and uh, Casey Butt and so on. Well, that's that's old world spice and seasoning. So you know, it's a fun business. It's a niche business. It's growing. Mm-hmm. It's one of the fastest growing hobbies. Uh, we we like to call it dude food, <laughs> and um, so. The, the, you know that intrigued me, and and the family was looking uh, to how to how do we kind of put some jet fuel into the business and get it to grow again, and and uh, so that's how I ended up, you know, in okay. that. So so operationally, you don't get involved on a day to day basis in these companies. You invest in them financially, and you're there to provide advice and stra- strategic uh, guidance. Well, I can do both. Okay. I can do both. Um, generally, what you said is is the the basic operating mm-hmm. model, but if if there is a, an opportunity uh, that they don't feel like they have the skill, I'll go in and do it. Okay. Uh, for them, and uh, how how I got into this is I had spent nearly thirty years with big companies. Right. I started out in early in my career with Frito Lay. But the, the interesting thing about it, each of these big companies that I was part of, uh, when I joined, they were small. Uh, I mean, in relative terms. Sure. And uh, had an opportunity to watch them grow. And in uh, all three cases, they were started by entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You know, Frito-Lay mm-hmm. was started by, by uh, the Lay family. Uh, Hills Pet Nutrition was started by the Morris family, uh, mm-hmm. who still live in Topeka. And then American Talia Plastic Company was started by Richard Thompson, who many people in, in Kansas City know. So I, I had an opportunity to ride that ride. Um, and 
uh, when I got when we sold the company to ConAgra, I decided I was done with big companies, and um, and as I started to talk to these small operators, I realized they had the same problems I did when mm-hmm. I was running a big company. Uh, the only difference is if I if I needed strategic advice, I called McKinsey and Company. Sure. <laughs> they they can't do that. Right. So um, now they they call me, mm-hmm. and if I can't help them, I've built a network over 30 years of people who have the expertise who are like me that that are still looking for a way to be involved but not work every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we just connect them, and and you know I think we're doing good work. Yeah. Well, obviously you're doing good work, and as a, as a business owner myself, you're right on the money about the. Uh, lack of a resource to go to. There's plenty of resources in Kansas City, but a lot of times people just don't know where they are or where to plug into them. And so uh, people like you are invaluable to people like me, and and I'm sure the customers that that you have. What are um, some of the things that you would advise people to do in terms of of their talent, in terms of their employees. Right now, uh, there's still a lot of joblessness, but employers or business owners that I talk to are still having a heck of a time trying to find good employees. What would you uh, advise in terms of talent management? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Mm -hmm. Um, First is that we tend, um, as, as entrepreneurs and small business owners, to believe that we can't pay for talent. That's true. And while while it's a, it's, it's a stretch, you get what you pay for. And there's a lot of talent uh, in the marketplace. And what I encourage my my clients to think about is, if you're a ten million dollar company today and you aspire to be a thirty million dollar company, hire thirty million dollar company talent. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, you're going to have a hard time getting there. Right. And and I think that 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 really um, works well. I think the other opportunity is to try to find people who have experience inside a big company that can adapt to an entrepreneurial environment mm-hmm. because typically what you'll get are people who are multifunctional. Right. You know, who have grown up, they've worked in different parts of the business and their contribution can be uh, more broadly applied. Well, they see the big picture. They see how everything fits together rather than their little siloed unit. And uh, so so that's really good advice. Uh, the other thing I want to ask about the talent management is we talked a little bit earlier about exit strategies. And when you're looking for a buyer or an investor, that's a big part of it, uh, the, the talent that you have on the team. Oh, it's a huge part of it because right now there's a, there is a lot of, of private equity money uh, flowing in the marketplace. And they're looking for businesses that are um, $5 million to Twenty-five or thirty million dollars in EBITDA, mm-hmm. uh, and if you're in a, in a business category where a roll-up can can occur, you know you've got a lot of leverage um, with the private equity community. But in that case, they're buying management as well as buying the company, right. and they will do due diligence on the management team. Um, just like they'll do due diligence on your balance sheet. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking about if you're a $10 million company that aspires to be a $30 million company, you're not just investing in getting to the $30 million. You're investing in your exit strategy, too, whenever you oh, invest absolutely. in those people. So yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have lots more to talk about. We're talking with Walter George on Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Thinking Bigger Business Media is accepting nominations for the 14th Annual 25 Under 25 Awards. 
These prestigious awards recognize 25 outstanding businesses with under 25 employees. We're looking for dynamic Kansas City area for-profit companies with under 25 employees that have been in business at least three years and have shown steady growth, a commitment to the community, and an ability to overcome challenges. If your company or a company you do business with qualifies for the 25 Under 25 Awards, fill out a nomination form online at 25under25.com. That's 25under25.com. Or call 913-432-6690 for details. Self-nominations are encouraged. Apply now. Nominations are now open and close October 14 for 25 Under 25. Special thanks to our sponsor, UMB. Visit 25under25.com to nominate your business. Reach your next customer the right way. Your success hinges on your ability to effectively serve current customers and connect with your next customer. That requires strategies to enhance your credibility, increase positive public awareness, and consistently provide value. At Alexander G. Public Relations in Kansas City, our cost-efficient public relations, social media, and content marketing programs will help you reach your next customer the right way. Learn more by calling us today at 816-416-8002 or via email. You can reach me, Alex Greenwood, alex at alexgpr.com or just visit us on the web at alexgpr.com. Again, reach your next customer the right way with Alexander G. PR. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We've been visiting here this morning with Walter George. He is the founder and president of G3 Consulting, and he works with small to mid-sized consumer products companies. We've been talking about some of the different areas where he advises them, and prior to that, he had an illustrious career uh, in corporate America. Among the different companies that he worked with were Frito-Lay and uh, pets or Hills Pet Nutrition and Italian American Italian Pasta Company. So when we were going to break, we were talking about talent management, how to acquire them, why it's important to uh, pay for good talent. And you had mentioned earlier that a lot of the companies that you work with, if it was a, a three-act play, they might be towards the end of the second act, and they're not really sure how to get into that third act or uh, what they need to do to innovate a stagnant company. You have been um, very innovative throughout your career, and you mentioned you're with Old World Spices now, uh, working with them, and they have a, a new strategy, too. They're working, as I remember reading, they're working with the American Royal Barbecue, and they're going to help take some of those barbecue spices and sauces to market. Can you talk to us about that? Oh, I'd love to, um, because this is something that's really important to me. I, I sat on the board of the American Royal for, for a number of years, and I believe in the mission of the Royal. And one of the things that, that the board struggles with um, constantly is how can they create more revenue for the Royal so it can translate into more scholarships for, for agricultural mm-hmm. students. And... Um, because Old World is in the barbecue business, barbecue spice business, and, and we have distribution, we put a, uh, a strategy together and took it to, to the board of the American Royal, and we said we'd like to license the World Series of Barbecue name and the American Royal, and we'd like to take it out and commercialize it. And the, the catalyst for this is we will take ribbon winners from each year's uh, American Royal barbecue, and we'll commercialize their their products. 
And uh, so we, we have an agreement, and uh, this will be the first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, our communication has gone out to the participants, and it's, it's great for the participants because they'll get a royalty. I it's, was going to ask, how does that work? Yeah. yeah, they'll get a royalty. It's great for the American Royal because they'll get a royalty, mm-hmm. and it's good for Old World Spice because we, we get to sell. And hopefully we'll we'll do something really good um, for for the American Royal. We're excited. Uh, we're going to start with rubs, and our ambition is that we'll do rubs, we'll do sauces, and we'll do marinades. And uh, we've developed a very unique package. We've taken it out and shown it to several retailers. They're excited about it. They mm-hmm. want to get behind it. They love the story. And um, we hope to do this every year. And one of the one of the, the the things we put on the package is we're going to put the date and we're going to put the team member's name. Oh, and we fun. want to treat it a little bit like fine wine. So mm-hmm. this will be the 2014 vintage. Ah, <laughs> very clever. Well, and then it gets people excited. And obviously, with their names on it, they'll be it'll be like memorabilia and keepsakes. I mean, there's a and a lot of pride in it. I'm sure too. Uh, and, and, but to your to your question too about how do you how do you get ready for the third act? Mm-hmm. This is a this is a get ready for the third act. Right. You know, this was something that that probably hadn't we hadn't thought about, uh, hadn't been thought about. Mm-hmm. But it it uh, it's going to allow us to. To really grow, we feel you know this category. And but that brings up another question. This is an idea that you had. You're working with an established brand and a very um, beloved brand, both Old World Spice, actually two of them, Old World Spice and the American Royal, two two uh, very well known beloved brands. But there's a lot of business owners out there that might be at the end of that second act, and they're thinking they're considering ideas for propelling them forward. But they, you know, they don't have a lot of money to lose. They don't have the really the opportunity to try something and fail at it. It might kill the business. Right. So, so what are some of the steps that a business owner can take when they're trying to evaluate an idea that they think could just blow their company up in a good way, but it could also blow them up and kill them? Right. So, you know, it could go either way. What kind of uh, evaluation or steps should they follow? Well, there's lots of ways to do research in the category that you're interested in, and and. You know, I would. One of the things that I caution uh, people on, and I learned this the hard way, mm-hmm. and that is never fall in love with your own idea. And uh, easier said than done. Though. It's we easier all said know. than done. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's a you know, seldom right, but always confident, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, but there's ways using the internet, um, using trade resources. There are ways to go out and and test your idea uh, before you jump into it. And sometimes it will be a leap of faith. Uh, a guy early in my career uh, uh, who really helped shape uh, a lot of my thinking said, don't be afraid to, to take a risk, and if you fail, fail fast. Mm, yeah, that that's good advice. They're still saying the whole tech startup community, that's kind of their mantra, <laughs> fail yeah. fast, yeah. yeah. Well, so for instance, another old world uh, story, we felt like you know, we were a one-trick pony uh, just in barbecue. And uh, because we have dry blending capability, we looked at other category trends, and we launched last year. We launched a line of gluten-free products hmm. uh, under a new label called Lori's Kitchen. Okay. And um, you know, as as brand building goes, we're you know it's slow, and we're working at it, and we're methodical, and we know what we can afford, and and mm-hmm. uh, we're ready to 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 
to support this for you know five or ten years if that's what it takes to to build the brand. Sure, but as you said, you know you can do all the internet research and all the industry research, but you mentioned that you put some packages together and you took them out to your prospective customers, right? And you they were a, a focus group, and so. People always, don't always, but people tend to overlook their customers. They'll do all this this other stuff, but then they forget to ask the person who's going to buy it or possibly could buy it. And so just uh, reinforce there to not be afraid to ask your customers. Well, and not be afraid. Uh, um, the, the the principal owner of Old World Spice, John Young, um, is not a bashful man. And you know, there's times we find him in Walmart. You know, talking to the merchandisers about well, how would you merchandise this if we brought it mm-hmm. in? And it, you know, it's a it's a great it's a great anecdote, but it's true. Go do it. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how you gain confidence in your ideas. You do a lot of M and A. We've talked a little bit about that already. Uh, there is. I don't remember the number. I just know it's massive. There's a huge. Uh, there's going to be a huge um, transition of wealth, and there's going to be a huge exodus uh, as the baby boomers leave the workforce, as they want to sell their. If they're not employees, you know, if they're business owners, they'll be trying to exit their businesses. What kind of opportunities and what kind of challenges? If I'm a current business owner, uh, how how what should I be thinking about there? You know, and I'm not in that category. How's that going to impact right. me? Well, there's a couple things. One is is get an advisor. If you're serious about selling your business and your business has got real value to it, pay for an advisor. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean go to the big investment banks and get someone like that. There's plenty of, of small boutique uh, shops around because mm-hmm. they know the ins and outs. The other thing they know is if if you go out and try to sell a business on your own, you might get three or four people interested. Somebody may call you and say this. You go to an advisor, they could bring 40 or 50 people mm. to the game. And that's really what you want to do is you want to create almost a competition. Sure. For your business. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when you said 40 or 50 you have people kind of bidding against each other, yeah. perhaps. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If I were, uh, okay, like I said, most people don't open their doors with an exit strategy in mind. But let's say I'm getting to the point where you know, I don't want to be doing this the rest of my life. I better be thinking about what I'm going to be doing next and how, how to exit here. What would be the first thing? Uh, you said get an advisor, but what would internally with the business, what would you say, do this, do this, do this? You know, if you had three things that they needed to get their house in order, what would you tell them? Well, there's, there's typically three things that, that are going to drive the multiple mm-hmm. uh, for, your, for your business. First one is going to be, um, is it growing? So if you can generate a trailing 12-month revenue growth, that's really important to a buyer. Okay. Uh, EBITDA growth. Um, most businesses, if if you can grow the top line and show that you can grow the bottom line, then that's a good combination, and that will um, also reinforce to a buyer that they're buying a, mm-hmm. a good business. Mm-hmm. And then um, reduce your debt. Yeah. Okay. And those three those three factors should help you maximize your multiple. Okay. Whenever uh, you talk about all these financial things that you need to get in order, uh, those don't happen overnight. So so when you're working with a business, what's the typical, okay, I wake up this morning, I'm like, I've got to do something about my business. It might have been gnawing at me, but you finally decide to start taking action, maybe start putting some of the things in place that you just mentioned. Uh, but I also read about and talk to business owners that are so sorely disappointed because they find out their business isn't saleable at all. Um, they they started too late. 
uh, just a number of different things uh, that, you know, there's just no worth in it. So, so what would you say in terms of getting ready to sell your business in terms of time? How far out do you need in order, how much runway do you need to build those three things that you just said typically? I think it depends on the business uh, and the category that you're in. What I recommend, depending on the urgency, is to go three to five, really sit down to a three to five year plan. Okay. And at some point during that three to five year plan, you'll want to trigger the interest uh, in your business early on because you don't sell a business overnight. Mm-mm. It'll take, sometimes it can take a year before the due diligence is done and, and, and you're ready to go. But that sounds like a big company thing to do, but it really isn't. Uh, it's it's a discipline that any business needs to do is 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 put that plan together. Yeah. And it it's not only just a financial plan, but it's also a talent management mm-hmm. plan. It's it's your total business. Right. Uh, all 360. If there's uh, anybody out there who wants to get in touch with you, Walter, how would they do that? They can do it by by email. Um, it's uh, G3 Consulting LLC at Gmail dot com. I don't have a website. I don't work on a contract. I prefer uh, I prefer it that way. If if I can help, I'll help. If not, then I don't want uh, anybody to feel obligated. Okay. And once again, that email address? G3ConsultingLLC at gmail.com. Great. Wonderful having you here today. Thanks for your time. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at www.ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.